American Patriot Society is transmitting to you from beneath 4 million cubic feet of solid granite, in the burning heart of the Yellowstone Caldera. This is a variety program for normal sandwich-eating Americans with some concerns about living in a deranged, post-Christian technocracy. So, keep your third eye on the sky and your ear to the ground, as Sumo and Smokestack connect your main brain vein to a higher plane. Are you ready? Stand by. Sumo, I have fantastic ah! news. Wait, why, why are you screaming? I don't understand why you're screaming. But I have, I, I have fantastic. I'm testing your, I'm testing your frame rate. Are you? Did you, did you blur out there? I don't think I blurred out. Did you, did you, did you lag? I don't know. How would I know if I lagged? That's the thing, isn't it? How would you know if you... Because I was, you know, I was... Uh, I don't think we're in the Matrix. No, but we're again, not. again, again, again this week, I'm assailed by people who believe that it's somehow reasonable that we're in a computer simulation. And I ask them, how will we test for this? You know, instead of just saying it. And they're like, well, you could look at frame rates. Yeah, frame <laughs> rates. Frame rates. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, you could look at frame rates. I was like, if there's a frame rate, it's the speed of light. And because that's like the speed at which things. And then they were like, well, you could do. I was like, could. I mean, I guess, you know, in a video game, if too much happens at one time, things start to bog down. Right. That's what I was trying to do with you. But then, of course, the video game characters don't realize things are bogged down. Only people outside the video game. Right. So it doesn't, that whole, that whole thing. And then they were like, oh, well, you could try randomness. And like, what would that matter? Like, well, computers can't do randomness. It's like, well, A, our computers can't do randomness. It doesn't mean the simulations couldn't do randomness if we were in one. Because mm. we're too dumb to do it. And then B, our computers actually can do randomness. You just need an atomic computer. And then C, uh, what are you talking about? How would I How would I do that? And they're like, well, you could... I heard told some cockamamie story about these people that they would like roll dice to figure out and they would take that location on a map. Like they would translate that into latitude longitude coordinates and they would go to that location to see if something weird happened like the simulation wasn't ready to to put sprites in that spot or whatever and i was like if it was that easy we would that would have been noticed by now if the simulation was that bad someone would have fallen down a hole in the map and and exactly and that's the third <laughs> option they give you is yeah. wall clipping 
<laughs> right? Like in, a, like in a video game, your character will sometimes get stuck in the wall because oh, the boundaries are poorly defined. And sometimes, and if you get, and so you could, I mean, I, I did spend before this podcast about 15 minutes jumping at the corner at weird angles. <laughs> just, just to help them. I'm, like just just to, I'm imagining people with like reality coping problems walking around the world, like touching things and jumping into corners to see if they like go through, <laughs> go through right. the surface. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. I I can't. 2020 is so out of control. I can't handle it. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna try to convince myself that I'm in a simulation. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know people that legitimately believe, and not just number 15. It's like a growing religion of people, <laughs> and it's weird. And I keep like, look, no. I tried jumping in the corner for like half, a quarter of an hour. I couldn't. Okay, belief in simulation theory is a LARP. Or a very uh, complicated and nuanced troll. I think they're serious. That's what worries me. I think it is like the ultimate way to justify your nihilism. It's like, well, this is just a video game anyway. I absolutely refuse to believe anybody uh, rationally serious I about, know. about simulation theory. That is that is the biggest. Look, that is like the mega. That is the mother cope. Look, that is the what, biggest cope of, of all copes. Look, one of them. These are people I know in real life, by the way. And one of them sent me a uh, video to uh, Nobel astrophysicist George Smoot. Okay. So first of all, Smoot. Yeah. Wait, his what? Last his last what name is S M O O T. What does that mean? It just sounds gross. It sounds like Smut. <laughs> it his just name, sounds gross. His name just sounds sounds yucky. <laughs> like why are you why are you listening to some guy named Smoot? Oh. And uh, he had this whole very, very popular, like, 36 million views TED uh-huh. Talk. Okay. He was like, the title was, You're in a Simulation and Physics Can Prove It. And I watched, like, that first half of it. And it's just him babbling. Like, there's there's no evidence a- of anything. He's just like, well, if you accept that we will one day be able to run reality level simulations and then B that uh, in the future people would want to then it stands to reason that there would be infinitely many more simulations over time than there would be one the one real reality so the likelihood we're in the one real reality is low and then I, and he had this graph of like all these computers and I was like yeah but all of those computers are just made up you're just pretending they're there and then saying look the odds that we're in that one, it's like you just, that whole story is something you just concocted on stage. I feel like Christopher Nolan wrote a worldview and then spat it out there into the world and people picked it up. (sighs) Maybe. I mean, and he was talking about like, he talked about frame rates and I was like, what are you, what? No one has ever, to my knowledge, done anything that exceeded the frame rate ability of the universe, where we would, <laughs> where we would see it bogged down. I've never heard of this new, new maps project bog down the simulation. I mean, maybe we could put that in our journal, like attempts to bog down the simulation. What's but then, the most like I said, complicated thing we could do. But then, like I said, uh, you would 
video game characters don't know that they're bogging down. And they also don't know they're stuck in the wall, to be honest. Like, if you were wall clipping and you were just stuck, that no one in the video game's ever like, hey, you're in the wall. Well, no one, no one in the video game knows anything because there aren't people in the video game. Exactly. Exactly. Like, the like, conscious... Does the whole... How, how do they not... How do they not see the giant hole in this? Is that there are no consciousnesses in a simulation. Right. Well, they think that our consciousnesses are just really clever pieces of code, I I think. So it's not that we're real consciousnesses that somehow came into being trapped in a simulation. It's that we are part of the simulation? Yeah, we're part of the simulation. We're just codes. And our consciousnesses aren't even real. They're just... Or maybe there's no such thing as a real consciousness. I mean, it, you you fall down a really weird hole really quickly with this because suddenly consciousness doesn't exist if you're in a simulation theory. Right. And so, well, like David Chalmers said, and I like Chalmers, but he, he said, well, look, if it's a simulation, it's not so bad, is it? That was his take. I think he just <laughs> exactly wanna... exactly coping mechanism. Well, I think he just didn't want to argue with these people, and they were like, "It's a simulation." And he goes, "Well, even if it is, it's a pretty good one, so whatever." And he was uh... then he just walked away. Uh, but yeah, you know, this is fantastic fodder for a new cult. You know, just say you're in touch with the programmer. Yeah, and he's told you what sprites need to do to be saved and uploaded to the next version. Or permanently <laughs> saved in, in a database instead of being deleted. And then, you know what? Actually, you've got to get hold you've got to get exported. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm going to be insanely rich. Okay. I'm going to have this. This is going to be my grift. I'm glad one of us is. That's good. This is my grift. I I am in touch with the programmers. Okay. They talk to my sprite specifically. I'm a sprite like you. Mm-hmm. I'm just like you. I'm not a programmer. I'm a I'm a piece of code also. However, uh, the programmers chose to interact in the world through me, you see. You're the main character. Well, I'm not the main character. I'm like their I'm I'm one of the people that they can that they routinely manually operate. Okay. To go and like do things, to see the simulation. I'm I'm one of the things where they look at the simulation through my eyes, right? Because it's no good to just be external. You want to get down deep in the simulation, and they have told me, "Look, version 2.0 is coming. Version 2.0 is coming, and this world shall be consumed in a fire and deleted." But those sprites that do the will of the programmers will be saved and uploaded into the new version. See how good this is? Mm, yeah. I could have so much money. You could. Just, just, <laughs> I could have a following of digital disciples. And they would think that whatever I was doing... And here's the great thing. I just realized this. You could never even be called out on it. Because you just say a date. Like, say, I'll say 2040. Is when the simulation is going to reboot. Okay, right. you'll be rich by then. No, 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 no. Listen, and then I say, and all the sprites that do the will of the programmers will get recycled, but they're gonna and they're gonna be used in the next one also. But if you're not, you get deleted, and then 2040 hits. 
it's the morning of 2040, January 1st. Mm-hmm. And I say, welcome. Everyone that's here made it. <laughs> and they're like, but nothing changed. And I'm down. like, I'm like, aha. No, everything changed. A lot of people were deleted, but you, they're deleted from even your memories. <laughs> and you could never be called out on it because there's no way. Because <laughs> you have such a f- unfalsifiable position. You could just say, yeah, look, you did it. Good job. Shame about all the sprites that didn't make it, but you never have to think about them because they've been removed from the universe totally, even from your memories. Mm. Oh, uh, we're going to have... This is how we're going to fund uh, maps. I think number 15 is going to rat you out, though. No, he, I, no I'm going to make him like the the number one apostle or whatever. You think he's, he's just going to buy it? He Well, he likes simulation theory anyway. Right, but, then, but he's he's already going to listen to you talk about your plot to start a Well, cult. I think I think his desire to uh you know sort of shiftily take people's money is greater than his desire to believe in simulation theory. So he's going to at the same time know that this is grift and uh but still believe in simulation theory. Right, he's going to believe in simulation theory just not that I'm the prophet of it. Okay, but he's all, but he's going to pretend to believe that I'm the prophet of it in order to get the money from the people because one of the ways you get uploaded to the new version is you give me money. Okay, okay, right because the the simu- because I will then I can fund. I mean, I won't be that explicit about it, but our mission to spread the word of how to get saved requires money, right? Right. In the and so I need you to give me. Way more than ties. I need like six, sixty percent of your money. <laughs> I mean, just look. I mean, what? What are you gonna do? You want to be deleted? Is this this is like a low volume, high margin cult? Yeah. What do okay. you want to do? You want to be deleted? I'm gonna. I'm going the Scientology route. I'm going only famous rich people. Okay. This is my main target audience. We're gonna That's have efficient. a vote. Sea Org. Yep. I don't want to waste my time with a bunch of followers that can only give me like 50 bucks. That was Jesus's big problem. Right. He had all these poor people. And he never made any money off of it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> if he'd had if he had richer followers. Yeah. Yeah. It really was. It really was. A, it was a terrible con. Even uh, all the all the apostles got martyred. You know, die or they died peasants. You know, super yeah. Poor. Listen, of all the people in history that started a religion that you could follow, your earthly situation with Jesus wasn't the best one because you usually you you got you had to follow him around outside for like three years. And sleep it and go camping all the time. And then you, you had to be murdered. And it's almost and, like he was offering something more. Exactly, you know? exactly. And I'm not <laughs> offering anything more, but you think I am. And, you know, in, in my, well, you know, they say we're supposed to be Christ like, and he started a religion. So, <laughs> so I am also starting okay. a religion. Okay. I think that's what that means. I don't think and, that's. I don't think that's what and, that means. And that mine will be catered to rich people, uh, the rich and famous, because Scientology is sort of wearing off now. Uh huh. People don't. 
people don't do it. What's that so, church? So you're in Los basically Angeles? gonna upgrade. You're gonna upgrade Scientology for the new. For the yeah, it's NBA. no longer Xenu. I mean, maybe, maybe you know what? Maybe if you, maybe if you get into it deep enough, you find out that the programmer's name is Xenu. Okay, it'll be like the completion of Scientology. Maybe I mean, it, you know, you won't find this until you're an operating um, sprite level seventy. Well, if you start if you start trying to peel off Scientologists and bring them up into the secret knowledge, and then they realize. Oh, you know Scientology. This this verifies it. Then, then they will help you peel off more Scientologists who right. who we know are suckers. That's true. That's true. And I, if I my my long term goal, I gotta get I gotta get. Um, what's the guy's name? Not Tom Hanks. The other Tom. Tom Cruise. I gotta get Tom Cruise and Tom Hanks. Okay. I gotta get them in. I'm gonna mm-hmm. get all of. I'm gonna get all of the Mission Impossible money. And they get all of the force gut money. So you're going to start a cult that is going to destroy Scientology and make you rich. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I will. And listen, listen, listeners, don't don't give this away. Because I shouldn't have said this publicly. So if all of you just join, I will. You don't have to do what I say. Just pretend. And I'll also spread the money. Okay. That way we can all get rich here. See, I told you Maps was going to get people rich. I thought I Maps you. was. I thought Maps was not a cult. We covered this early, you know. Well, I know, but I didn't have a very good idea for a cult back then. I just got a <laughs> great idea. Well, we're nothing if not flexible. Yeah, I mean that was. I was like, wow. I, I just realized because when I realized that you could make a prediction and then never get called on it because the conditions are such you could just claim that even your memories were deleted. It's like, yeah. I can, then you could just, you just go forever. Everyone believes they're in 2.0 for hundreds and hundreds of years. And then, then later you can have a guy that says there's 3.0 coming. And same thing, it's it's infinite. This is great. This is great. That is great. We gotta, we gotta hit the big mega churches where people have a lot of money too. Because a lot of them, you know, a lot of them are just there. Like for the emotions, we, we can go after Joel Osteen's folks. Joel Osteen's folks. We can go after that yeah. church in Los Angeles where people are like, uh, "It's like Jesus," you know, they're singing with their guitars and they're perfect. Right. Jesus, give me some more money. Uh, which is basically well, what their hymns amount to. Yeah, I mean, I do think <laughs> the 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 mega that church crowd. crowd they're they're ripe for a harvest of <laughs> of yeah. I mean, yeah, man. <laughs> A fool and his money are easily parted, and and do yeah. they do they deserve to have the money? Are we are we not actually doing a work of God by removing their money? <laughs> Maybe. I really feel like you've taken the left hand path of, of of dealing with um Christian cults, uh, quasi Christian cults. You know, uh, I, I may I may be on the left hand path, but you know, the Lord uses. All situations. Okay. And so... <laughs> We're, well, let's talk, we'll have a talk about this after the show. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I need a prophet name. I, I can be... You need an intervention. I, think I can be Zolt, Zoltan. Is, that's the programmer speaking through me. Okay. He's uh, he's an alien, but he himself is in a simulation. That's what you learn later. Sim- <laughs> simulations all the way down. Okay. <laughs> 
So does that mean that we, I mean, it, in a way it sort of justifies people having weird relationships to their uh, uh, massive online multiplayer characters. Exactly. Because look, the world of like, Warcraft is just yeah. a simulated character within a simulation, within a simulation, within a simulation, all the way down. And you gotta look for the frame rates. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm more interested in the in the wall clipping test. I'm gonna start bumping into stuff today, <laughs> just I, see yeah. what see what it gets me. I might fall down into the gray goo. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, uh, what are we doing? Is this is this the? I, I don't know what podcast. we're doing. <laughs> I have a gr- I have an announcement though. Okay, let's just make this will be a podcast, and then we'll have another podcast. Okay. We'll yeah. just have yeah several podcasts. Just Sounds like great. just like the simulations. You know, we, it's just podcasts within podcasts. We should get into podcasting. We should. This is not. This is not a podcast. Our listeners have been. If you thought we were podcasting, it's because you're you've you've been fiddled with by the programmers, right? And I'm here to set you free. Send now, us three hundred dollars to the <laughs> Patreon, and you will be so set we free. Can we don't have a our, Patreon. Well, we need one so we can be podcasters. That's right. That's right. So we're going to start <laughs> podcasting now. But in, in you know, on a related note, um, when we teased way too early the announcement for our change in uh, location, oh and yeah, then d- and then didn't deliver, right? Uh, uh, for which I was admonished this week. Uh-huh. Uh, I can now announce that we have been, um, lo- we've been plugged in. To the podcasting and programming ecosystem of alternate current radio. Oh, has that happened? That has happened. The oh, the good. the wires have been connected. Uh huh. And and locked into place. And, good. And large amounts of electric current are now going between the uh, Yellowstone Caldera bunker and some weird location in Texas where ACR is putting out. Great music programming, uh, current events, shows, and podcasts all the time, constantly, and we will now be added to that. So if you, the listener, are already subscribed, I don't know that a whole lot is going to change for you. We'll still be available in all the same feeds and and whatnot, but uh, we will be adding some more more distribution. And so, you know, now that we're podcasting... Finally, right. Um, it's going to be great. So, uh, so I guess yes. the meaning of the announcement is absolutely nothing changes for you, listener. Congratulations. Well, now hold on. I because I was listed days. The alternative current radio is basically this podcast group, and it's they, like a collective. Yeah, and they have nice shows like Boiler Room and um, mm-hmm. Jay Dryer's on there. I think. Does that mm-hmm. you say his name? And uh, the Daily Ruckus and and other things, you know, good, good shows. Patrick uh, also, Henningsen does a lot of good uh, current events, yeah, coverage. Um, um, and they broadcast twenty four seven. Their website is alternatecurrentradio.com. dot com. and Spore proprietors. Now I I was listening the other day because you said we're going to be on this thing, and I was like, great. Mm-hmm. And so I turn it on. First thing I hear. Is an advertisement for like um, Crohn's disease or something in Spanish, <laughs> and I was like, I wonder who our new audience is gonna be. 
Well, you should Are they know Hispanic Hispanic people with uh, diarrhea. Well, now that we're now that we're podcasters, you need to understand how the advertising revenue works. I don't understand how this works because I was like, I was like this. I wouldn't assume that my audience was. Uh, my primary audience was Hispanic people with bowel problems, but maybe all, it is. I don't know. All that means is that you have done a good job of, uh, you know, obscuring your personal details from the advertising collectors, and they're giving you ads that are not relevant. Oh, because so it's tailored to Hesher me. And Hesh, I think in some platforms it is. It kind of depends on how you're accessing it. Uh-huh. But most of the ads that you'll hear on there, you know, the proprietors don't actually pick them. They're inserted by the various podcasting uh, platform that you're listening on. Okay. Now, will our listeners now get ads when they listen to the show? Not not if they're currently subscribed on um, Apple or Spotify or uh-huh. Google Podcasts. All that is going to remain the same. There may at some time be appearing ads at certain places in our programming on other platforms going forward. Oh, so they get grandfathered into the no ad version, right? So we're maintaining See, the we're maintaining the ad free streams at least for now on on the platforms I just mentioned. Yeah, but then everything is everything else is going out via a platform called Spreaker and out into the bowels and you know limbs of the internet, which we currently do not have access to. And so I'm oh, very nice. thankful, yeah, to the guys at guy and gal. At ACR for picking us up. So that's pretty cool. They're a good bunch over there. I'm also a guest on Boiler Room occasionally. So um, that's their sort of main uh, news and events commentary roundtable discussion podcast thing, which is yeah. a lot of fun. So you all check that out, too. It's it's uh, it's a good uh, podcast. Um, now, the, there's a guy named Hesher there. Does he, he runs it, right? He's the boss man. Yep. And his... His uh, profile says that he's ACR producer, host, and chainsaw juggler, and I want to know if he can back up that last one. Uh, well, maybe we'll have to we'll have to do some sort of uh, exhibition podcast live and get yeah. some chainsaw juggling. Because I don't know, yeah, uh, you guys smokestack. I, we were talking, and he was like, "Well, you know, I'm actually friends with these people that run this thing, and they want to put us on this thing." And I was like, "Oh, well, great," but I don't know these people, and so. Um, uh, this is all new to me. I'm 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 glad. Good good job. You know, uh, I recorded a podcast with a guy this morning, who this was going to be the intro podcast to, but now it's so long. I think we'll just make this the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and he said he mentioned in the thing that uh, he turned on our podcast to get used to it before he came on, and he said uh, it was much more professional than he thought. And I said, well, that's all. <laughs> that's all. And then he expected. You know, because people and I said, well, that's all due to my co-host and his connections and skills. Excellent. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. So you may all we're saying is nothing's going to change for you, except you may in future get ads for Metamucil. Right. In Spanish. In Spanish or yeah. something uh, similar, I guess. I guess. I don't know. Uh, but Yeah. So um, that's good. Uh, maybe maybe now we can have Jay Dreyer come on and he'll and we'll argue about Eastern Orthodoxy. Okay, only if you call him Jay Dreyer throughout the is duration of the name? show. No, what is it? It's Dyer. It looks but like you, Dreyer. but you have to call him Dreyer. Oh, uh, but I wouldn't do that because uh, I don't. I 
it, I would find that sort of boring. And also, he knows way more about it than I do. <laughs> He'd be like, oh, well, you know, the Council of zippa dippa do And I'd be like, oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> you know? <laughs> to qualify as a guest on our podcast, we actually have to know more about the subject matter than you do. Just FYI. Actually, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Like a guest I just had on uh, this morning from Italy knew way about more about that than me. That's good. Um, I'm excited. Do you want to tease the tease the content a little bit? Yeah, this will come next time, I guess. I was up. See, the reason I was late today recording this and Smokestack was mad at me. He was texting me. He's like, why are you here? And I was in bed. But that's because this morning I was recording a show with a guy in Italy at 7 a.m. his time. And so it was like one in the morning here when we finished. And uh, he is a he's um uh, Roy Blackstone. Some of our listeners will know him. He is a crypto crypto expert man. He knows about uh, you know, bitcoins and this and that. And we talked about how to how we talked about digital freedom. You know, in this age and how you can achieve it and urbit and all this stuff. Because I've been getting more into Bitcoin. Like I was into Bitcoin for a while, but then I sort of got out of it just because it. I just I don't know. But now I'm back in. I'm back in, and I'm trying to encourage everybody to get into it too. Have you ever Have you ever tried to Bitify? No, have you, have I, you ever I had still any haven't. Bitcoins at all? No, I know nothing. I intend to start though, so I need you to uh, to hold my hand through this process. Please, okay, I'm the, you need to get your wallet. and I'm going to send you some Bitcoins. Okay, I how mean, do not, I get a wallet? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna. I mean, we'll talk about that off air. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. A Bitify yeah. is a place. Here's the here's the great thing about Bitcoin. Bitify is a place where you can go and it's uh you can spend bitcoins on things. And here's some of the things you can buy that they will send you. Okay. Right? You can buy things like um uh quote um 100 or 1 million YouTube subscribers. $20,000. <laughs> You can buy things like, quote, make $10,000 online weekly. And I looked at that one and it said it's the description was, quote, this simple method will help you make $10,000 per week online within a couple hours of setup work. It's a step by step instruction course. In it, you will learn the new traffic bot method and how to execute the process. This is the newest secret online revealed from rich dons from the deep web. Enjoy it now while it lasts. And then it has these three YouTube things. It says proof. And you click on them, and it just goes to a YouTube video of some guy flipping through money, and just there's a raspy voice saying "cash, cash, cash, cash," right? Well, it's just shuffling bills, and it's like that's proof. And uh, so you can buy that. Sounds legit. You can buy. Uh, oh, uh, you can buy. Here's one. Um, this the title of this product is quote. U.S. company information, formation, EV code, signing certification, and DUN number all in one package. <laughs> so if you need I, a, I, I, you know, I might do that. Yeah. Um, uh, it says, the, the thing is, what will you get? Complete company documents, DUNs, EV code, signing certificate. We also provide SS, SSL for companies below Simtech, GoDaddy, Global Sign, DigiCert, Startcom, GeoTrust, and TrustWave. You can also get other items on Bitify like UK company docs and overseas phone numbers, exclamation point. 
or <laughs> call center software or the or bypass YouTube copyright law with music safe ten thousand dollars uh, or for five thousand dollars one quote one facebook.com page aged from your 2004 with 2,000 real friends or <laughs> 1000 hotmail.com high quality accounts or PlayStation 5 which at the time I looked this up was not even out yet um <laughs> Limited Company 2009 VAT number, United Kingdom, or Virtual Visa Card. Stuff like that. That sounds awesome. Yeah, Bitify is a place where where you use Bitcoins to do shady online business, like making fake companies and such. I'm going to make several fake companies. I don't know what I'm going to do with them yet, but I feel like that's something you need to have on hand when the when the opportunity strikes, you know? I I agree. I agree. You can, there's also a place called Open Bazaar. Which is less sketchy, and it has products that, and it just has normal products on it, but I, they're sort of strange. There's like Muslim woman headscarf next to G.I. Joe Duke action figure. Mm. And it's like, you know, so many millip, nano bitcoins. But yeah, no, uh, that is some extreme examples. But no, Bitcoin is good. And we talked about all the ways that Bitcoin, uh, and not necessarily Bitcoin, but other cryptocurrencies can be used um, to help people secure digital freedom in an age of censorship, you know. It sounds and awesome. It I can't great. wait to get started. Was, we also talked about Urbit. Urbit is a... Um, so Urbit, people are like, what is Urbit? And Urbit is basically Internet 2. And are you familiar with Moldbug, Mincius Moldbug, or Minicus yes, Moldbug? Yes, All right, so did you know that he actually created Urbit? I did know that. But I still don't know what Urbit is. Okay, so so Moldbug, he's in, we talk about him on the show. But anyway, just just know Moldbug started this in 2002, and he just launched it this year for the public. So he's been working on it for a while with the help of other people. And what he decided, it's a, it is a decentralized internet, similar, and, and now it runs on blockchain also. Uh, and that sounds like, it wouldn't be appealing, but I've it's it's actually pretty cool uh, because what you do is imagine if you own your own IP address. Like you don't own your IP address now; other people do, right? Right. And they can shut you down. They can ban you. But on Urbit, your 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 IP address is the equivalent is your Urbit ID, and your Urbit ID is cryptographically yours. As long as you have your keys, no one can ever take it away from you, right? And so you really can't be shut off the internet. Now you say, well, well you can shut you off services. And it's like, well, not, not also not really because uh, all the services are distributed and not really owned by anyone. And those that are, you can just jump to another one without any issue. Like if you had an issue with one person providing something, you can just jump to another one. No problem. So is the hosting distributed or just the, the plumbing? Both. Interesting. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a very, it's a very cool, uh, idea. And it goes into, because his, his thing was like, look, um, technology, this was a great example. He said, do you think about things like, uh, Technology, in order to give the person more freedom and not be constricting, 
has to fulfill in his mind three things. It has to be simple, durable, and yours. Like it has to, you have to actually own it. Right. And all those things, three things go together. So it has to be, you think of a, of a farmer in the old West and he's got a plow and a horse. Well, if he can, if he knows just a little bit of blacksmithery, he can keep that plow repaired and going and he can do it all himself and he could be, and he has, it's, he's in a self-renewing situation. So it's more freedom for him because like, if you have two horses, you can basically have infinitely many horses. You know, if you have, if you have the plow and you know a little bit about metalworking and you have extra wood, you can basically make as many plows as you want. And so, you know, you're in this, you're in this environment where you, uh, don't need other people so much to, uh, help you get the things you need to provide for yourself and your family. But, okay, so then the tractor comes along. The tractor gives you what seems to be more freedom at first. However, you, a lot of people anyway, can't fix their own tractor or all the parts from it. Or, and they definitely can't provide their own gasoline. So now they're hooked into the system that has new choke points, shutoff points. Like, well, yeah, you can do that, but now the gasoline company has some amount of control over you, right? right. And now the people that manufacture, that repair the engines have some amount of control over you. So Urbit is is out to fix this problem with regards to the internet, right? Because uh, the internet, as it as if people that remember the early internet was not like it was today, because um, what's happened to the internet is that it's been reduced to basically like four companies, five companies. Like used to, there were all these small communities and these small pages, and now there's just Facebook and Twitter. And YouTube and Instagram, right? And that's like ninety percent of and Google, that comprises like ninety five percent of all web traffic, right there. And the other five percent is four percent of that is porn, <laughs> right? And so there's like one percent that is that is these people doing independent things anymore. And no one and it's it has all these issues because because then if you're like well. This is the internet now, and then if you make Twitter mad, then you get you and they cut you off, then you have lost ten percent of the internet, which is je- exactly like the rest of the economy. You know, just as an aside, it's going on online and it's going on in in the actual working world, right? And so, Urbit has this philosophy of so you can have the source code of Urbit when you run it, and uh, the idea is if you it should be clear enough that anyone, they can fix it themselves. Just mm. like you could do your plow. Because the re- only reason that it coding for the internet is hard right now is because it's a giant patchwork of nonsense. Because it was never intended to do all the things that it does now. Like we, to use the, the analogy of the horse again, like this is like we had a horse and we wanted to go faster. So we just kept genetically modifying this horse and like adding prosthetics on it. To make a really fast horse instead of just scrapping it and making the car. Oh, I see. Because the internet was just, originally it was just for like basically sending messages. Just little text messages on like a Usenet. And that's what it was. And then people were like, well, I'll use, what if we could send files? I'm like, yeah, that's that'd be cool. We'll send like pictures and stuff. And then like, what if we could, and all these things required patches and APIs and various protocols and if you look at what they call the tech stack of like how all these things get to you, 
like when you sign on to say Instagram, it's it you're actually using like 200 different companies and services that are sending data back and forth, logging into this, shifting that over there to make all of this stuff work. It's just like in HTML4, you it didn't really support video and you had to have Java plugins. Remember Java plugins? Oh, yeah. But then they had HTML5 and then support video natively. But that was just one little fix. The, the whole internet is basically HTML4 with Java plugins for various things. And that's right. why it's so cumbersome. But if you just build it from the ground up with that intent, then it's much more clear how to how the whole thing operates. And the whole point of Urbit is that it should always be something that the end user can, if he tries, have total control over. I like this. That's, I mean, it's really, if you think about it, a very audacious project. It is. I mean, it's like 20 years in the making and it's just coming out now. And now, now uh, I've used it some, it, it's functional, it works, it has good promise, the, the graphics are cool. You know, like, because uh, I booted a comment with a call a comment on there, but I haven't got my Urban ID on there, as you'll see I talk about on the show. It is a little, it's not, it's basically like signing on to the internet was in 1993. Okay. It's, it's a little tricky. Like, in 1993, if you wanted a domain name, do you know what you did? No. You sent an, an, a letter, like a snail mail letter, to a guy who I believe lived in Boston. <laughs> That's uh, yeah, I'm sure it was Boston. <laughs> and That's funny. I forget his name, but you sent a letter with cash in it, and you said, I would like this domain. And then he would send you a letter back and say, oh, yeah, here you go. Here's the keys to it. And that's how, that was GoDaddy. And so that's sort of similar to this. Like, I have to log, I'm still trying to get on. I haven't quite figured it out. And I had to get on there and message some guy named Coin Yeezy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> send him some Bitcoins. And it's a little... Uh, now, Coin Yeezy I found very helpful. He's a nice guy. Um, but it was it's a process. So... Is this for everybody? Yes, it is. It's not that hard. You can figure it out. And also, for reasons we go into in the show, I believe this actually, this and Bitcoin in general, um, for reasons we get into the tail end of that show, uh, I believe is really going places because it we, it breaks some philosoph like it transforms the it transforms the way things you think of things in a way that when you realize it, you're like, oh man, this is a big deal. Cool. All right. So well, let's, let's, not do, let's not do the whole show in advance, but that sounds really cool. Yeah, no, it's going to be good. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. I think maybe Taylor Swift is a man. <laughs> that doesn't that... have anything to do with it. Okay. You're just, you're tra- that was a transition. That was, I mean, she did a video called The Man where she dressed as a man and her name is Taylor. Yeah. And I think a lot of these, and she comes from one of these families, you know, these families, really wealthy families. These influential families. I know a lot of like young men in their twenties that are gonna have a hard time. Like you know that scene in the Crying Game where the guy burns his clothes and cries in the shower. Yeah, you know that that may, that, that sounds like that might be coming for for some folks. Well, listen, if, I'm if just you're saying, something here. I'm just saying there's a lot of a lot of these people that come from these big families that have all this that are in in that do the the Illuminati s- signal where they cover one eye and take a photo of it. You know. 
I mean, may- maybe that's why Taylor Swift can't keep a man. It's because she is a man. Right. I mean, like, think about it. Beyonce <laughs> had a song called If I Were a Boy. Oh, no. Right? Oh, no. Okay. And, and Michelle Obama? This I was about to bring up. This is turning into Michelle Obama territory. <laughs> well, well, Obama did call her Michael several times on video, yeah. which is weird. And what was the name of her book? I don't was know. That, was that her name of her book was quote becoming Michelle? It oh really? It was oh weird. And Joan Rivers, Joan Rivers is on. You can look this up. Joan Rivers was like, she's a man. Everybody knows it, honey. And then she really? died. And then she died. <laughs> it's true. It's a hundred percent true. That is awesome. She goes. It's a, she's a man. Everybody knows it, honey. I tried to convince. My wife that Michelle Obama's a dude, and um, she she was not having it. So I need some new ammo in this fight because I I, I want to win it. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you, it, I you know it may get people you don't you you sort of not expecting. Like Donald Trump may be a woman. No, that's oh man. Just look, Roseanne Barr. <laughs> that I believe. Did you see Roseanne Barr? No, what'd she say? Oh, she she got on there and she was like, um, maybe, all right, we, just find this and we're going to put it right here. Ready? Timestamp. Boop. Okay. Uh, but Roseanne Barr was like, uh, I have something to say. Yeah. I have something to say. And, uh, you know, I think the president's doing a good job. And also, I think Donald Trump is, and I know people are not going to like it, but Donald Trump is, in my opinion, the first woman president. I mean, was she speaking figuratively? I mean, no, but she's also insane. But I just thought that was funny. Yeah. I mean, he does have a disturbing lack of facial hair. You never see him with stubble. (laughs) I mean, think about it. Never never seen him with stubble. I guess I guess that's true. But I mean, video of, of a much younger Donald Trump. It's very hairless. Well, but he's also he was also quite like masculine in his features. I thought as well, a younger man, as a younger man. I'm going to send you a photo of him okay. compared to a lesbian, and they look very similar. <laughs> there's a lesbian. There's a lesbian with a garden hoe. Are you? Is this you turning on Trump because he? Because you feel like he's lost? Is that what this is? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that I'm not. I'm not. Um. Excluding oh, people, like there's definitely people. This whole like uh, people, this transgender cult thing. Uh-huh. It, it you can't you can't just exclude people from suspicion just because they're on quote your side. Well, then now that's true, right? Um, but if I were to go down a list of people on the quote unquote right that I would suspect of being transgenders, right. I don't think Donald would necessarily be near the top of that right i mean maybe not i'm just saying if roseanne barr says something i stand up and listen (laughs) okay okay all right well since roseanne said it i'll give it some thought yeah just give it some thought because roseanne you know she's she knows what's going on is all yeah (laughs) she she really does i mean you know about jfk and limb right wait what jfk and jfk jfk had a had a a homosexual live in the White House with a name Lim. Lim? Yeah, L E M. No, okay, I didn't know about this. 
Oh, yeah, JFK was a big gay. All the presidents. But this isn't new. Lim Billings. Yeah. Basically, every president has been gay. That's not true, but it's it's sort of true. Like, yeah, um, who was it? Uh, it wasn't it wasn't Andrew. One of the guys that ran against Andrew Jackson or maybe went off after him or whatever. Uh-huh. We know there was Tippy Canoe and Tyler, too. What? Um, that was an old slogan of someone that was running. I think they were running against Andrew Jackson. It was the guy's name was Tippy Canoe, mm-hmm. and his running mate was T- Tyler. And so the slogan was Tippy Canoe and Tyler too. What a terrible slogan! <sighs> yeah, but I mean, well, first of all, anyway, uh, he Andrew Jackson used to say, maybe not of them. I I don't want to slander them from the grave, mm-hmm. but maybe them that they called him. They called him Fa- F- Miss Fancy or something because he was like obviously gay. <laughs> one of them, like Andrew Jackson would call him Miss Fancy when he walked in the courthouse. So one more reason that Andrew Jackson is at the this is my favorite president probably. Yeah, Abraham Just Lincoln almost certainly gay. Keep making me love Andrew Jackson more by saying that. Thank yeah. you, a- a- Abraham Lincoln almost certainly gay. That's why his wife was so bitter. Um, but yeah, Kim. Kirk Lemoyne, Lemoyne, quote, you know, they shortened Lemoyne to Lim Billings, mm-hmm. uh, was a was a close and longtime personal friend of JFK and the Kennedy family. He was uh, Joseph Kennedy Jr. Joseph Kennedy Sr. called him quote my second son, and um, he was always around. Uh, and he was an open homosexual, and he lived in the White House for with um, uh, JFK, and uh, you know his JFK's wife just had to pretend that, that nothing was happening. Oh, that's so messed up. Yeah, I mean the politician, everything. Amer- look, guys, America's always been gay. There's nothing more American than being gay. <laughs> I mean, this this is just people doing it out in the open now. But uh, Hoover, Jagger Hoover was wearing his women's shoes, clicking around the FBI office. I saw a great tweet. It says, you know, the, the, the FBI was started by uh, a dude that lived with his mom into his 40s and was into dressing like a woman. But certainly no, no, like, generational defects have followed from from that. From that beginning. <laughs> yeah. Know, sarcastically. I mean, I mean, well, think of it this way. This is why I was talking about Taylor Swift may be a man. It's all connected. Because uh, in, in the olden times, what would the ruling class do to secure their positions is they would basically control bloodlines. Okay. And they would control breeding between them. And they'd get, you know, the Egyptians would develop these weird heads because they kept interbreeding. And the same would happen in the arist- aristocracy of Europe. They would they would interbreed and get all this messed up. The Habsburg chin. <clears throat> the Habsburg chin, right? The Incas and the they all do this. And one of the re- one of the ways you control the bloodlines is if you're one of the ones is not selected for breeding, then you just sort of you just sort of uh, one of the ways they would do it in the olden times is they would just neuter them. Or whatever, right? And that practice is still going on, is my contention. Among the elites, they just are not as open about it. 
That's all I'm saying. Is that all you're saying? That's all I'm saying. The practice of controlling bloodlines through uh, <clears throat> making your to like creating eunuchs basically, and um, and stuff still is in is in practice among among people that do such things. And some of those eunuchs have ended up being uh, Disney pop princesses. Well, I think once they realized, well, I think I think the game changer is now we have synthetic estrogen, and so they were like, "Hey, you know, I know we cut your balls off, but uh, would you like to be a woman?" And then they say, "Oh, okay," and then no. they just go, and that then you have then you have Michelle, and you have Taylor, and you oh, have no. Uh, oh no. You know, I mean, look, Joan Rivers said, she was like, look, she's a man everybody knows it, honey. You know, and because he was like, oh, she was asked, she was asked, when will we have a gay president by somebody? And she said, we already do, sweetie, Obama. Oh, Michelle's a man. Didn't you know? Everybody knows it. And then she died. <laughs> then she she went, did die. Then she, she did die. Like three days later, she went in for a routine surgery and she died. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I'm going to see if I can find audio on that and I'll clip it in if I can. Yeah, Beyonce, Beyonce, if I were a boy, Taylor, why would Taylor make a video called The Man where she cross dresses as a man the whole video and says, if I were a man, then I'd be the man? Becoming becoming Michelle. That could just be some like feminist, you know, thing Taylor's doing. Better, yeah, I know, but Taylor. You got to rep feminist. You still have to rep feminist ideology today. It's not totally. Out of fashion yet. I'm just saying a lot of people, a lot of women are actually Christy Teigen. She's weird, dude. It's because she's a man. Oh, no, really? Right? I mean, look at her face. Look at her face. It is weird. I've been, the problem is I've been on Black Guy YouTube too long this week. <laughs> and Black Guy Conspiracy YouTube, like white people have conspiracies of one kind. And black right. people have conspiracies of another kind. And a lot of black people, one, black people are very into money conspiracies. They okay. are, they nail that stuff. They're like, listen, this can't be because of this. And look at these interest rates. And do, and, it, and they make a very compelling case. Cool. And number two, black people are, conspiracies are excellent at like body doubles, clones, people that th- you think are dead but aren't, and people that you think are one gender but are the other. And Sounds they, rad. They make very compelling cases for like why certain people are not actually dead and so on. You know, uh, and I, that is just a whole nother conspiracy world. Well, really. send, send me some links of some good like YouTubers examples of this and I'll pop them into the show notes. Yeah. But see, like, like Marilyn Monroe was really just JFK's beard. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> is I mean, is really, that all she was. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, he was, he was. Seems like a waste. I just, <laughs> I mean, look. Uh, well, Mar- see, that's what I mean. The people do these things, but there's a lot of pictures of JFK and like Lim, like shirtless, like sort of holding on to each other with other men. I'm just saying, the American, American, the the people that get into these positions are very. But are you not like looking at history through the lens that the the super gay current events scene has given you and reinterpreting things that at the time weren't taken that way? Well, I think they weren't taken that way, but just because 
people like I think I think the gay community is right when they say things have always been debauched at the upper levels. I mean, they don't they don't use the word debauched. Yeah, I mean, think about Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin. Yeah, he was a pervy, and he wasn't the only one. You know, he was friends with for the founding of this country. Ben Franklin was in a group called the Hellfire Club. Where they went and had did things that they assumed would send them to hell, like massive orgies and sodomies and stuff, and they would get naked with a bunch of people and do the. And there was a bunch of skeletons found under his house. Yeah, yeah, that checks out. I've looked into that. I mean, look, I'm just <sighs> really the only controversy around it now is explaining why the skeletons were there. And they're like, "Oh, it was for his medical purposes. He yeah. was looking into medicine." Like he was Ben Franklin, he could have he could have just gone to a university and done that. He didn't have to like, yeah. He didn't have to have, have secret bodies that he was examining in his house for medical. Like that that is a sufficient exa- explanation for Michelangelo, who it was illegal to exhume bodies, but he wanted to study the human form for his art, and so he paid off crypt keepers to deliver him bodies so he could draw them all day. Uh. But that's not like Ben Franklin could have had access to the best medical schools in the country and gone and like he didn't need to. He just was killing people. And that's the most <laughs> that's Occam's razor is that Ben Franklin. I mean, he was in a group called the Hellfire Club. What more do yeah, you want? That is super sketch. Yeah. You know, and now he's on the hundred dollar bill. And he also wrote a paper called on on the glories of flatulence. <laughs> or something like that is the name. He was of like it. a nudist. He was a nudist too. He would run around naked all the time outside. Yeah, the, yeah. the Bohemian Grove spirit has been in the American uh, politic from the beginning, which is sad but true. Well, I you know I've been having a lot of conversations lately about you know people that don't like Trump because he just seems so. Um, he lives such a debauched life or whatever, you know, he owns casinos and uh, he's had all these different affairs and wives. And I'm like, that that shouldn't, he's a politician. Mm -hmm. It's like, do you not know about everything else that politicians have done and what their lives have been like? And they, and the, and the answer to that question is no. Usually they, if I'm having this conversation, they think, Oh, generally American politics has been populated by, more or less upright people trying to do a good job, and only recently has has uh, the quality of the politicians really decayed. Um, and then, the, and then the other side of that position is, well, no, politicians have always been disasters, <laughs> moral disasters. And yeah. so, yeah, and and then you interpret your view of the current political set is based on like what what do you think historically has been the standards for Amer- the American statesman. Right. I mean, like, I I think that's what drove a lot of Q is because people would see they were like, oh, there's an island where politicians go and they molest children and they just sort of melted their brains. Right. And they were like and they wanted to believe that it was okay. They're like, this is an aberration. And like, it's okay, But okay, that's awful. But it's okay now. Right. We're all going to fix it. Yeah. We're we're all going to fix it. Right. There's a secret war. There's a secret war. and We're going to fix it. And it's good. It's okay now. Right. The Patriots are in charge now and it's going to be fine. But. uh, No, 
It's been, there have been versions of Epstein's Island in America for a long time. Yep. Which is sad, but true. Yep. Uh, but the, the, one of the, one of the reasons me, uh, me and Roy had that conversation is like, well, you don't have to live in their world though. You know, they want you to think you have to live in their world, but they, you don't have to live in their world. That that's the beauty. That's the beauty of the conspiracy community and the great service that it does. I think is that it wakes people up to how screwed up the the powers of the world really are, mm-hmm. and it gives people a reason to start seeking to build their own communities. Which is it's that's where all this cashes out for me. All this alternative view of history and all this stuff it cashes out for me as yes. So let's build something uh, for ourselves. That isn't like that. Right. And, you know, I find the primary expression of that in Christian faith and the the community of the church. Right. Right. As the hub of that wheel. Um, but but it's got a if conspiracy ism and this whole movement online and this whole community of this thought community actually works out into something. It has to be that it has to be. OK, let's do something different with our lives. Right. Uh, apart from what all these psychopaths have done throughout history. Right. Like, let's just let's just build a thing that that is that has no central authority. Like, like that's urban is like, you know, um, can I can I send an email? Can I just send an email with like Google snoofing, sniffing through it? And the answer is you can. You can do all these things without anyone really having any ability to know. Right. And people are going to be against that because they want you to be in their system, but they ultimately can't stop you, you know? And that's, that's the beauty of these, these, uh, things is that you can do, you can, you can do it, um, yourself. There you go. You don't, you don't need to be, you don't need to be plugged into this evil system. Um, really. I mean, once you, if we, if you, if people really get on, cryptocurrency things that breaks the whole system because if you he who controls the money controls the thing right and so if you have to use u.s dollars then the u.s government's always going to have control over you but you don't need to use u.s dollars you know you don't you you really don't need to like i i trade i do things for people and give them things in exchange for cryptocurrencies and it's fine you know Mm. You don't even have to use American dollars. I mean, I still do if I need to go to the grocery store, but that won't be forever. You know, every like, time I every time I pick up a one dollar bill, I flip it over and I look at that all-seeing eye on it. Yeah, I mean, look, guys, the 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 you founders know. were all Masons. That which is one arm of of the like they're which not, is, which is a an occult organization it's, it's an not occult a fraternity organization. Yeah. at the lower levels it's just an old man drinking fraternity yes right but they screen you there and say they you know here's how it works you go into masons and you're like oh it's a drinking fraternity and you know you get drunk at the thing and you're talking and there's one guy that's a little higher up and he's he tests you he's like you know hey uh would you uh, i don't know you want to eh, we're gonna go ahead and get some prostitutes or whatever i don't know how they start you know <laughs> that may be too big of a start but it's like, oh, it's like, yeah, yeah. And if you're like, no, man, then he, then they knows that you're not you're not for play to go up the ladder. But if you're like, yeah, yeah, that's okay, and you go up the ladder, then you go up, the, then you're invited to the next rung. And there they say, uh, hmm, let's see, let's see who here is uh, interested in maybe 
Maybe doing a little bit. Maybe putting on a mask with horns. Let's just see. Just for fun. We're just silly. We're just being silly. We're just being silly. You know? And then, then if you do that, then you go up the ladder a little bit. And then eventually it gets a, you go up the ladder doing these increasingly tests of how far you're willing to morally debase yourself. Yep. This is a screening process until you get to like level 30 Mason um, where you're willing to drop a bomb on Hiroshima. <laughs> that you was know, a surprising twist. Well, I mean, uh, you know, he did. He was a Mason and he's in his little uh, <laughs> he's in his little apron in a photo at the same time period where the um, uh they dropped the bomb. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so it's like, well, I mean, the... Well, you can, I mean, you, you can historically connect American Freemasonry back to guys like, obviously, Albert Pike, who, I don't know if you've ever read any of Morals and Dogma and that stuff, but it's freaking psycho, Luciferian stuff. And you can also connect it to Aleister Crowley and the OTO and all that... European occult theosophy stuff. It's all those people are drinking from the same well. They are. I mean, look, guys, uh, George Washington. And was, that's our political class. That, that there's yeah. The point here is that's the political class from which American leadership is drawn is is those circles that are all drinking from that well. OK, so when somebody says Benjamin Franklin was a psycho or uh, Barack Obama's a dude or, or a woman or what, I don't know, whatever you want, it may or may not be true, but it's not morally implausible when when the baseline for this whole society, this class of people that has run America for a long time, is based on that uh, moral and spiritual foundation of, you know, uh, occultic Freemasonry stuff. Guys, they put the all-seeing eye on your on your money. It's on the money. It's on, like, that's not, they put the pyramid and the all-seeing eye, the Illuminati symbols, on the money. And it's right there for you to see, like, what this is about, you and, know? And, and suddenly, when when you find out something horrible about the leadership of the country, like they were going to Jeffrey Epstein's island to abuse young girls or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, it's not, it's not an aberration. It's not some horrible thing that just happened. It makes perfect sense. Right, exactly. It makes per. It makes like don't be surprised at this. It's the world, okay? It's the world. If you're a Christian, definitely don't be surprised about this. Right. You know. You know who these people are. Right. Your faith informs you who these people are. Okay. If if Donald Trump turns out to be Daniela Trump, don't, don't be shocked. Don't be shocked. Don't be shocked. You know. Don't be shocked. But yeah, you don't have to. So let's talk. Um, let's talk about. Um, how long have we gone in this one? An hour, seven minutes. Okay, so we need to go more. Of rambling. Okay. <laughs> well, no, I think it's been good. I think people it are ha- learning. It, it has been good. It's just been a little jumpy. Jumping I think people, around. People are learning. Well, I'm tired. But I'm not tired. I'm actually... Let's talk about... So that's... This is... The show I did with uh, Roy, we're going to talk about how to have digital freedom. Okay. And the ways that you can do that. Um. And the show uh, I want to talk about with you is how we have physical freedom. And one of the ways you do that is by not being in debt. Yeah, man. Not being in debt. Like mortgages and stuff are bad. They're, they may be a necessity for some people. But we're going to talk about 
the ways you can live and not have one. Like, how can you be a young couple, young person starting out, and you don't need a mortgage, right? What are the ways you can have, can you have, must you just be homeless? Must you have an apartment? No. We're talking about alternative housing. Are you ready? Whoop, I'm ready. Okay. What now? Do you have any, you're, this is, look, Smokestack is much more of a homesteader than me. He like, he like has plants and, uh, which is, I guess the main thing you need is a homesteader is plants. It's a big part of it. And I don't have any plants. I tried to have some tomatoes this year and they were all eaten by caterpillars. Uh, every one of them. You you have to kill the caterpillars. I know, but I don't, I don't want to get up and fuss with caterpillars. All right. I just want them to not be on the tomatoes, which is why DDT exists. (laughs) <laughs> and I get it now. Like, just spray it with it. But anyway, okay. So, I've been looking into alternative housing for a while because I've wanted to I've wanted to have a yurt, maybe. You know, I've wanted to have an off-grid house. But I've been looking at, like, different ways. What do you think is the best way to have an off-grid house that is actually nice, that isn't just, like, you know, dumb? What is your best option that you see? Mm, depending on uh, your climate. So if you're in an arid, hot, arid climate, uh, I would consider an earthship house dug into the side of a hill. Right. Um, y- utilizing uh, passive solar technology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, if you're in uh, more of a cold, wet sort of climate, um, I think a log cabin is pretty nice. If you're in a snowy climate, I think a big, thick, five-layer, six-layer yurt with a lot of felt in it would work pretty good. Um, so well, it kind of depends on where you're where you're based. Let me ask you, have you ever heard of seen an earthbag house? Yes, those are cool. I want to build an earthbag house. So an earthbag house is basically, uh, I was looking at people that have built these for them and their families. And I found a, I found a family that built a house... They built they well they built they built a house for their family of six for ten thousand dollars. Wow. And it's a nice looking house. Like it looks different than your conventional house, but it looks like an Adobe house. You know, like a like a uh what do you call it? Um A Pueblo. Like a, a Pueblo. It looks like a Pueblo, but like a nice Pueblo. Like it has windows and it's got and it's got solar panels. Now I don't think the ten thousand includes the solar panels, but the structure, you know. And you can do it with geothermal and stuff, so you really don't need that much in the way of air conditioning, you know, as far as power wise. Yep. But, but so an earth bag house is basically what it sounds like: is you take bags, uh, polypropylene bags, and you fill them with dirt from your land, right? So you just you dig a foundation and then you dig a, a, some more dirt and you fill the bags with dirt and then you just treat the bags as though they are bricks. And you start building your house and you flatten you, them out so they're nice and do flat. Do you use mortar? Do you use mortar? You yeah. use barbed wire. So you tie them together with barbed wire. You don't and, even tie and- you don't even tie them together. You just lay the barbed wire between each layer. Okay. And then as the weight of the earth stacks on each other, it, it, the barbed wire acts as the mortar. That's cool. It's very cool. And so you, you stack it up, uh, you know, to like one, one story high. And then you can do 
uh, one of two things. You can do the original earth bag structure, which earth, the earth bag was started by this guy in the seventies. He wanted to have a way to build low cost housing for people, you know, like in Africa and stuff. And he succeeded, but his, his vision has not been promulgated by people that want everyone to be in debt. Like the, the global, uh, the global financial system doesn't want to help Africa. They want Africa to have mortgages. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's their goal. <laughs> Right, they, true. And it, it's true. It's true. Right, they, De- they say slaves we, out of everyone. They say we want more housing for like, but they don't want to just like build them a house or give them the opportunity to build their own house. They want them. They want to sell them a house that they have to pay for for the rest of their life. Yeah, this is the goal of mass immigration. Really, is to bring people. It's like, well, it's hard to get the infrastructure of mortgages there. Just put them in here, and they can have a mortgage here, and that's the goal. But you don't have to do that. So when you get to one story high of walls, right, and you can make as many rooms as you want, you can, I mean, you know, um, you can you can make them any shape you want. A lot of people like to make theirs round or whatever. Um, you can do what he did in the seventies and eighties when he was experimenting, and he just sort of made a dome, and it goes up, and then he caps it at the top with another earth bag, and it looks like sort of a beehive shape. Like a like a little like a domey beehive on the top for a roof, which okay. isn't it isn't my favorite look. It looks a mm-hmm. little bit like you live in one of the bungalows of Tatooine. <laughs> okay, you know it's like a it's like um it it just looks like one of those Tatooine houses from Star Wars. It's not bad, but it's not my favorite look. You know, but you can do that, and you can build the roof completely of earth bags. Also, that's the point of that one. Right. If all you've got is bags, dirt, and barbed wire, you can build the whole thing. Cool. And you go all the way up to the top, and you do this for basically the price of bags and barbed wire, which is which is not expensive. Yeah. It's very inexpensive. You can do this whole thing. You can build a two room house this way or a three room house this way for like three two hundred dollars. You know, and what and then to finish it off is you make uh, a a plaster out of clay. And sand and water, just like a lime plaster or whatever, an earthen plaster, mm-hmm. and you coat the side of it, and it dries, and it looks like something out of the uh, Midwest, you know, or out of the uh, Phoenix, Arizona adobe house. It That's looks super really, cool, man. It looks nice. D- does it work in in mo- kind of like moist, rainy environments, or do you have to be in sort of a arid climate to? No, do this? it works. If if you if if the plaster is allowed to dry, it it will it will stand up to any of that. Awesome. Because of the way it dry, but so, but now here's the, if you, if, if rain gets in this process while you're doing it, you're going to have some trouble. So you need to cover it with tarps when you're not right. working on it. Okay. Okay. You need to cover it with tarps. That is a, that is a concern because until it's finished, it is subjected. It is the rain can mess with it. The, the Just the bags or, or the plaster it's you're talking both, about. Both, both. Okay. Cause the, you don't want your bags of dry dirt to become bags of wet dirt before they're allowed to be plastered over. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Um, and you and these and here's the great thing about it: these buildings are strong. Like there was, there's been one case of a car ran into an earth bag house, and all that happened was the plaster cracked a bit, <laughs> and the car was like totaled. Yeah, yeah. But this is, a, I mean, it's a strong thing. Like it's that's just, my kind of place, man. 
It's right it's, a, it's a strong. It's been found that that they they meet and exceed California earthquake requirements. Right. Sweet. When you do, they you they don't burn because they're made of dirt. Mm-hmm. So they can't catch on fire because the bottom. You can make the bottom layers with sandbags, and then you've basically got flood protection. Right, already built in there. Oh, right, right. Because it's like, well, you know, the thing that people use when floods come is the bottom of my house anyway. <laughs> and then, and then you make it round, and it's it's good against like hurricanes and tornadoes. Because the and That's you do this cool, all man. for very cheap, right? Then you stack some solar panels on the top, and you're good to go. You can have a hot water heater because solar panel solar panels are good enough to work now. You can have enough of them. I mean, they are expensive. That is where your expense comes in. But that's a one-time thing. And then you you don't have to... You, the only thing you would have to really pay for is your property taxes. Like everything else, you're just it's just built and it's done. And then you're on Urbit and you're, you're just free. Mm. You know, you're just free to... You don't need to do the other, the other stuff. Like, um... Uh... And they, you know you can go on earth earthbagbuilding.com and they have all these different plans that you can look up like they've already made for you of all these different things for various weather conditions you know and people have built this in all kinds of the, all places and I really they're really quite cool now the other thing you can do is you don't have to build the beehive top you can build it up and then you can just use lumber and make a traditional roof so you just you go a layer of bags and then you just stick the wood like in between the bags, basically. Right. Yep. And then you stack more bags on them, and then that weight holds it in place, and then you can build off that. You even people even make stairs, like they'll make a round. Say they have a round wall, earth bag wall. You mm-hmm. just shove the plank of wood for the stair into the bags, and you don't need anything else. Cool. So how thick are the walls that you're doing? Well, it's usually the. It's usually it's about. Eh, one and a half feet, but you can make them two or three if you want. Cool. It's just okay. sort of up to you. But so yeah. the weight of this house, you just imagine you just stick a stair in between the bags as you're building it. And then the weight of the house firmly holds that in place. And you don't even need anything under the step. Like in the room, you just step on it and it goes up and the, the earth house is just holding the step in place. It's very modern. Yeah. It's, 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 it's pretty neat. It's very efficient. And you can do things like, you can make you can rough out a window and put it in and build the bags around it, you know, and then mm-hmm. you make a little arch over it because you can make arches with these things. I, I was very impressed with these earth bag houses. Um, they're very cool. So that's one option. You just have bags and you get you a piece of land. You get you some bags, you get you some barbed wire and you go. You know, and you build it and then you tag on some solar panels and you've got power, you've got Internet. You know, you get you like a uh one of those um, cell phone relays for Wi-Fi. You've got internet, uh, and you get just something for water, and you're basically set. I think it's doable. Man. I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to try to do this. You've you've cast a beautiful vision. I know. I know. Another one you can do is uh, I talked about this briefly. Another one you can do a cob house. Mm-hmm. Now this is a little more labor intensive. I think it's probably. It has some advantages. It's probably more insulating. Oh, there's another thing. These all these houses, both of these houses are very insulating. You don't need okay. insulation because it's just it's dirt. Thermal mass. Yeah, it's thermal mass. They also both stop bullets, which are handy. 
You've got a lot of advantages here. Uh, but so the a cob house is basically straw, clay, and water that, again, you take from your land. You may not have mm-hmm. the straw, but you can buy the straw for cheap. You mix it up in a certain proportion, and you have this basically paste, and you just sort of take it out in big clumps and just build the walls like you're building a clay castle, like a sandcastle. And then you apply that same plaster on the side of it, and then there you go. It's really sort of the same construction, but in not brick form. And they look very similar. Cool. So you can do that one. Uh, another one, I guess you could do, I, I was looking into what people were saying, you know, had tried yurts, obviously, which is like a tent. Uh, now the yurts, yurts can be very nice, but they're not that customizable. They're sort of like, you it can, is just a giant round space and you kind of finish out the inside of it. Yeah. It's a giant round space and you, you can add walls and rooms if you want to, but it's, you get a giant round space. Maybe you could have two yurts, you know, if you wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in the end, your yurts are going to be about as expensive as what I just described with the bag house. Right. And, but the bag house stops bullets. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The bag house stops bullets. <laughs> highly, highly relevant for 2020. Highly relevant. Right. Um, so then you have, uh, other people were talking about they lived in shipping container. They turned it into a house. Not a big fan of that, but it could work. You know, you just buy some old shipping containers. You cut some doors in them, insulate them. Well, once you start, the thing with shipping containers is once you start poking holes in them, they, they lose all the qualities that you like about a shipping container. Right. You have to really do a lot of mitigation about the holes you just made. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Although, you know, the, although uh, Aaron and Ben over at Mysterious Universe, their studio, their new studio is a shipping container. Oh, I can in. see that for a studio. Yeah. yeah, that's great. You can insulate it, you know. Yeah. So and they spend a lot of time in there, but it's uh, they've had a lot. Of, they've had to add some more for sound insulation because unfortunately some uh, a, sk- a skateboard company opened up next to them. <laughs> and just all day long, it's like. Of like these forty year old guys going up and down half pipes. Oh, funny! So uh, a shipping container can work. Um, uh, some people have have suggested straw bale homes. I've seen people use those. It's basically a similar idea to the earth bag, except you build out of straw bales, like hay bales. And then is that thing going to decompose after a while? Well, that's what I was wondering too. But they said uh, no if you um. And I'm not sure about the validity of that. I have to do more research into this one. But people have said, no, because when the way you finish it off doesn't allow any oxygen to the hay for any uh-huh. any metabolism to happen. Interesting. Okay. Right. And so then you can make straw. You, can, you Basically, you stack straw bales. Mm-hmm. Right. Which uh, I'm, I don't. Have you ever tried to lift a straw bale like a round one? Oh, the big the big boys. No. Yeah, they're they're like a thousand pounds. Yeah, I, we used to have we used to have them out in the field, and you could like roll them and stuff. But lifting them is very like that sounds that in one way sounds more sturdy, but it also sounds uh, labor intensive. Yeah, because those well, things you, are, you'd have to have a tractor with a with a fork on it or whatever. Yeah, uh, another thing you could do is just you could go van life. No, RV. I know you're not a fan of that, but for for some it's, it's people, dis, it's it's dysgenic. It's dysgenic. Well, I, yeah, I mean, the travelers are proof of your statement that it's dysgenic. The, the Roma people. Yeah. 
I mean, I think they're proof of like subhuman. Um, I was just saying it, dis- it discourages I'm people. Roma. I'm from- kidding, Roma. We love you. <laughs> discourages people from having family. But the Roma don't really live in the cars, though. True. They they just move around a lot. Right. 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 Don't they live in like campers and stuff? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and another one is uh, the last one I really had was uh, an earth berm, which is basically just um, just a hobbit hole. You just dig into the side of a hill, which is super yeah. good for like longevity. Like that could be there for hundreds and hundreds of years. Hard to get light and ventilation though in those. Yeah, right. You have to do. Uh, I, I mean, I've seen people do it. I was looking at people like, and some people had done it. And they made a nice. Cozy little home. They're not very big. I will say for a large family, it's not a good idea unless you're really willing to dig. Uh, but they are, it is doable. And people people are like, well, I'm just going to dig into the side of this hill. And then they shore up the things and plaster the walls. And it looks okay. I mean, it, it looks nice. Uh, but it is a bit, it's a niche niche one. Yeah. It's you really got to have the right climate for that, I think. I agree. So, uh, what, what do you, what is your, what is your take? What would you do for an alternative house? Cause mm-hmm. the goal is, the goal is you want to be able to build it and pay for the whole thing. And you want, okay. we want average people to be able to do this. We want people starting out in life to be able to start out and not have to take on a bunch of debt. Well, I think Earthbag is probably a great option. For, yeah, I really, really like for really anywhere. Um, especially if I can do a traditional roof on it, I think that would be fantastic. Yeah, look um, up earthbag houses. People and people have built things with traditional roofs, and they look they look really nice. I, I was like I was looking at the price of a yurt, and and I was thinking to myself, you know, I could I could sell the house I'm in, mm-hmm. and with the cash I've got an equity, I could buy a piece of land and put a couple of yurts on it and finish them out and mm-hmm. be debt free. Right, and probably do that with earthbag. It's just the deal with earthbag is you got to have time to build it. That's and the I have, problem. And I have to go to work. Right, so you need the earthbag, the earthbag so solution, and also that. the comp house solution mm-hmm. is that you need, you need, you really need like three or four months of just really working on it, and you need right. you need some some buddies to help you. Which you know, if maybe I should just bank some you know bags and barbed wire mm-hmm. in advance of the economic collapse, so that then I can. And then buy a plot of land. And so then whenever none of us have jobs, I'll have something to do. We can go work and build a earthbag house because I'll have the materials. That's, That's really true. what I should should be doing. Yeah. Um, so but the I think yurt is a good it's a good turnkey. So yeah. you can be out of debt in in a in a really a nice place. Uh, the, the way the yurt works is there's there's different layers. And depending on your climate, you add layers of felt mm-hmm. around it. So it's this big you're like living in a giant mitten. Right, right. With windows and doors. But it is it is a simple round space. I mean, I don't know how many layers of felt it takes to stop a bullet. Um mm-hmm. but it it might could. Probably better than a than a stick built house with vinyl siding and drywall. Mm-hmm. It, I would imagine your uh, felt being very uh dense uh fiber would probably do okay if you get enough layers. So that might be a MAPS uh, laboratory experiment. How many layers of yurt felt does it take to stop a bullet? I'll get back to you on that one. Yeah. Um, and then there's a, there's a method that I really like and think is very cool. It's called rammed earth construction. Oh, I've heard of this, but I haven't really looked into it. Oh, it's neat. So you you build um, formwork like you're doing uh, poured concrete construction sort of. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But you get, you get screened clay 
um, mixed to certain uh, proportions. Sometimes you add things like lime or whatever to it to uh, kind of give it a little bit of a concrete sort of reaction over time. Uh-huh. And you pack it into these forms with like wooden mallets or tamping devices. And you just keep moving the formwork and, and you go up the walls. And so when you pull the formwork off, you have this really cool like sand art looking wall where there's different layers of colors as the dirt you're using changes color. Ooh. And there's all these really pretty layers. It looks like a, you know, a slot canyon out in the desert. You've seen mm-hmm. the pictures of the layers in the sandstone. It looks like that. Uh, super cool. And so you can, as you're laying it, your formwork and packing your earth in, you put in all your doors and window framing and, and all that sort of thing. And, Ooh, and you can also, cool. yeah, you can also tie, tie wooden, wooden uh, interior architecture components into the formwork or into the earth as you're ramming it. Mm-hmm. And uh, once it's done, and it's it, the thing is, it's packed so tight. Once you pull it off, it's done, and it, it's weather tight uh, for, and they'll last for hundreds of years. There's, in fact, um, I think it. When I was looking at this, there's a dormitory in the Netherlands at a college that is rammed earth construction. That's, um, I think they lime washed it, so it's white, but it's it's hundreds of years old. It's multi stories tall. People still live in it. Students live in it, um, but it was built using rammed earth techniques. So it is really cool. The formwork, I think, is kind of, you have to either build it yourself, uh, so you have to be good at carpentry to do this, mm-hmm. uh, because if you screw up the formwork, it's not going to work. Your, your formwork will blow out as you're tamping the, the earth down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you got to get that part right. But if you're good at carpentry or you can afford to purchase the formwork, there are some companies that actually make this stuff for that purpose. Um, then, then you're good to go. But then after that, you only just need dirt and maybe a little, um, I can't remember if it was lime or, or some cheap, you know, agricultural chemical to add to the dirt to give it certain chemical properties when as it's kind of curing. Right. Um, but there's not a lot of water involved. It's, it's really just you got to screen a lot of dirt. You got to screen the junk out of it. So mm-hmm. you get a nice tight pack. So that you look up the rammed earth housing. There's some really cool. They, looking, look, they look beautiful. Yeah, and you know, the thing really about cool. all these things we're describing is if you if you build one and you live in it, you're immediately like you go to any chai tea yoga studio and you're like, look, I'm greener than any of you people. <laughs> I'm the greenest dude here. I live self-sufficient. Points. I have solar panel house. My house is made of earth yeah, and man. my and my <laughs> roof is made of sand. I didn't cut down one tree. And that no, I you, know, you could just browbeat them over the head with that forever, and I you, can, you should you and totally I would. insufferable. Yeah, <laughs> I would be totally insufferable at anyone that ever was like a vegan. I'd be like, oh yeah, well you know I have like zero carbon emissions. <laughs> I have like none. You know I don't I don't use the coal plant for my electricity. My house you, is literally made of sequestered carbon. Oh, uh, did you charge your phone off coal? Oh man, yeah. <laughs> That's like really bad, bro. You know, and I, I but listen, mine is made. My house is not made of sequestered carbon. You jerk! You destroy the environment. <clears throat> you don't care about the seals. And you get you will instantly if you build one of these, you will not only have all these benefits and be debt free, but you'll be the greenest person uh, in your social circle. And people will love to visit your house. Right. Exactly. Because it'll be super cool. I really like this. I wasn't, I had heard of the Ram Earth. I hadn't looked at it, but they look really, I mean, they're, I'm not kidding when I say they look beautiful. Yeah. Like this, they're, it looks like you're the, it looks like you live inside something made from the painted desert. 
Now, if if we go up the um, up the skill level and up the cost level a bit, mm-hmm. um, there is. So I don't know that this really counts as getting you out of debt part points very well, mm-hmm. but it could. It could. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a sort of a little movement going on to to bring back structural brick masonry, where you're actually building the brick the houses out of bricks and not sticks. And then putting oh, brick, yeah, brick yeah, facades okay. around them. It's structural brick masonry. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a great Twitter account called Thousand Year Old House. And they were part of this project uh, out in the Midwest somewhere. Um, and they built a little tiny village of structural brick houses. And they're gorgeous. Um, they So all the surfaces are red brick. Um not subject to termites. They're incredibly strong. I mean, I don't know that they were cheap to build. Um, brick, actually, if you if you do the work yourself, which most people are capable of learning a high enough degree of brick masonry to do this kind of work, it's just going to take some education on your part. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a brick isn't really heavy. No, and that's yeah. something that Leon Crier is real, uh, or Crier, I don't know how you say his name. But he's he's big on it. It's it's the materials that we use should be small enough to where two people can lift it into place. Yes, yeah, and, and that's that's part of like human scale architecture and all that stuff. And so you don't have you're not you're not building roofs out of prefabricated joists that have to be put in place by a crane and all this stuff. Um, it it's it's something that you could physically do yourself. Uh, and so while it may not qualify for this segment entirely, I think it's worth looking at just because. The idea of let's let's build houses that are worth something to subsequent generations that aren't going to, after 30 or 40 years, be falling apart. Yeah, I mean, if, if you think about it just on a philosophical level, it's like, how do people expect society to not degenerate when we build houses that are only really meant to last like 40 years? Right. Yeah. It's like we're all just trying to make it to the grave uh, yeah. in style. And there's really no consideration past that. This is my hatred of Florida summed up. (laughs) Is that everything in Florida is built with the expectation that no one will be there in five years. Yeah. But then people are still there 20 years later. And it's just this ramshackle sprawling nonsense forever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Well, it's it's sort of the opposite of of the people that that. Uh, built groves and 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 vineyards and orchards that they themselves would never get to see in their prime, but they knew subsequent generations would. You yeah, know, you've got you've got we we have to recapture that long vision for it our future. It took them three hundred and fifty years, I believe, to build Notre Dame Cathedral. There you go. Three hundred fifty exactly. years. We're not doing like- anything like that. Yeah, I mean, what do we ha- what do we do that is like actually planning? Like, well, we're going to build this, and it's not going to be done for like seven generations. You know, we don't nothing, do nothing, nothing, nothing. <sighs> yeah. So, which, it, which that's also sort of the opposite of our topic, which was how to get out of debt. But <laughs> I agree, I agree. But I'm just saying, it, it sort of goes. But to, I think I think philosophically do, linked. I think what you could do is you could get yourself a piece of land in a yurt. And that could go up fast, right? Yeah. Then, yep. then you spend the time. Now you're on the piece of property where you want to build the thing, like a, like an earth berm house or an earth yeah. or earth ramped house. And, and your and your um your your overhead, your family monthly costs are now very low because you don't have a mortgage. Right. So and I think, you you don't have to work as much. 
Right. You can work less and work your land more and build your earthbag house. Yeah, because if your plan, one of the big problems is if your plan is to do this and you're like, well, I still work and need to go live in my current house and go to my job. And then I have to, after work, my plan is to drive to the location and start working. It's going to take you a long time and you're going to get burnt out. Yeah, right? true. You, so, a, li- a life change has to go along with this. Yeah, you have to do, you have to follow the maps, green, the green movement of maps. This is what I'm going to sell it as because people love things that are green. But it's actually <laughs> just getting you out of debt and usury system. Yep. At the same time. So let's just, you know, look, solar is great, you know. It's fine. I love solar. Let's just, let's just we're gonna we're gonna be low emissions. We're gonna be low emissions, and we're gonna be we're gonna be green, and we're gonna be uh, on orbit, and it's gonna be great. Fantastic. Because you know a lot of people are upset about the election. I still don't know how it's gonna go. We didn't talk about that this week. No, I I kind of wanted a break from it. Yeah, I don't know how it's gonna go. We'll see. Uh, but also, what you got to realize is that even if the person you want to win doesn't win or that in four years, then you have to go through the process all over again. True. And all yep. of the, all of the problems are still going to be there unless you get out of the system to some degree. Like the, the more that you don't like Twitter censoring you will bother you a lot less if you're on internet too. And also you're being in a position to frankly make more money than they will. Yeah, because I'm telling you, this urban stuff and the and the blockchain stuff is gonna. Well, when we talk about it at the end of the blockchain, you realize like, oh, this is a real game changer. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're one of these early adopter people, you're gonna be like the guy that was on the internet in 1994, and everyone else is scrambling to hop on in 2004. Right. You know. So really, I mean, get out get out of the old system as much as you can because it's dying, and it's for it's it's for stupid people. And we're going to get on the new system. Yeah. The, the maps green system. <laughs> we're going to be you, were you cranking out orbits in our, uh, in our earth bag houses. Right. This is one of the requirements for you going on to version 2.0 of the simulation. <laughs> if you don't do this, you will be deleted and left behind. There you go. Deleted oh. and left behind. Your sprite will not continue on. You you won't there won't even be a trace of you left in the ram. They have totally to harvest they have to harvest all your bits to pay off your simulated debt. Yeah. You it's know. Tr- so you end you end up with nothing. It's true. It's true. Is that the side to end the show? I think so. Okay. You know, we we never talked about the Canadian Army. I was going to do that for the next show. Releasing wolves. Okay, we'll do that. Yeah. It'll, it'll be cool. Watch out. In the meantime, just be careful of wolves, and we'll give you more details. Yeah, look for us on uh, Alternate Currents Radio. Yeah, check it out. AlternateCurrentRadio.com. They broadcast 24-7. 24-7 of us all the time. That's not, it won't actually be that. Oh. It'll be much better programming. (laughs) I'm glad we're finally podcasters. Me too.
Every inch of you is amazing.